about Venom. Apparently, he came across some video all about Venom right now. Doesn't matter. He's asking if Venom, the symbiote, has been on Iron Man, Hulk, all that. Just asking all kinds of questions about Venom. <laughs> to the point where I am starting to hate Venom. <laughs> what? Just talking about your obsession with Venom. Mommy's gonna get me a toy. Okay. What a goober. I mean, there's worse that he could... Yes, I'm perfectly with. fine. He's within the... But, God, there's other things besides... He hones in on one thing, be, uh, beats it into the ground, and then moves on to that. And then he'll be like, oh, remember when I used to like that? I was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that was boring. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> you remember how I thought Iron Man was awesome? <laughs> yeah, he fucking sucks. You know why? Because he's not Venom. <laughs> oh, that kid... Yeah, this one movie was alright. Yeah, and it, I like the fact that, like, it was different. Like, he wasn't... You watch everybody else's superhero transformations, and they get all fucking, like, jacked and <laughs> built up, and he looks like he's literally dying the entire fucking time. Yeah. It's like, I'm sick, and I just keep getting sicker. <laughs> it's supposed to be a Morbius movie coming out. I'm not sure when that's going to come out. Anytime soon. <laughs> oh, I saw it. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. And I don't know. I think it looks okay. Yeah. Like As long as he doesn't go full Joker with it, I think his yeah. Morbius would be all right. Because it's the same guy. What's his name? It's Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. Same guy that did the Joker. As long as he doesn't go full Joker, <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> you never go full Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's probably... Uh, Jack Nicholson? <laughs> he didn't go full joke. <laughs> He's Ledger. Joaquin Phoenix. They didn't go full joke. <laughs> Actually, that's a total fucking lie because both Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix went full, full fucking joke. Joker. Full Joker, yeah. I'm not I sure just, about Joaquin, but I know Heath Ledger. I mean, this is what led to his demise is that he had like psychological issues to where he had to have medication, and apparently he just took the wrong combination of medications. Well, Joaquin, like, always gets, like, super-duper into his fucking roles. And, uh, I don't, I don't really want to say that the problem was even Jared Leto going full Joker. It was really fucking bad writing. <laughs> and I don't think he had anything to do with that. I don't know. And poor, and poor character design. Like, we don't need to know, or we don't need a tattoo on his forehead. Yeah, I don't understand the rash because, now behind Because we know he's fucking damaged. I don't get that. Like, like you can put a whole bunch of tattoos on him, and it'd be fine. But if you put fucking damaged on his forehead, then we don't, like... We already know. He's psychotic. Yeah, he's... he's, he's clearly, already, he's damaged. He's already well beyond <laughs> normal. So... I don't know why I lean so close to, to make these points, but I'm doing it. Obviously, none It's of, not a secret. Everybody of, agrees with you. <laughs> none of you can see it, but that's what's happening. Uh, yeah, I, and I said whenever they released that one image, like I don't care about the other tattoos. The ha-ha-ha going up his chest and all yeah, that. The all the other on ones look cheek. fucking great. They're perfectly fine. But damaged across his forehead, it's like... Yeah, it noped me the fuck out, too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss today. No, what, the, what are we here to discuss today? We're not uh, here to discuss a little ditty called Alien Resurrection. Um, and by the way, I am Greg Vance. 
I'm Ryan Downing. And yeah, uh, this is Nerdinian, and we are going to talk about one nerd movie a week. Uh, before we get into it, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all the normal things you would with any other podcast. I'm learning how to do this at the beginning, and we're doing it at the end as well. And I'm also learning how not to say basically. Because even though I called it out last episode, I still said it quite a fucking lot. Well, you know what? Like, that could just happen, and then whenever we rise through the <laughs> the podcasts to become the number one nerd podcast, it can become a drinking game. So every Anytime. time Greg says, basically, you take a drink. <laughs> By the first, like, You're 30 minutes. You're gonna be drunk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Alien Resurrection, the fourth movie in the Alien series. Um, the one right before Prometheus. Hooray. So this should be fun. Um, <laughs> whenever Before we even recorded, you had mentioned that it was... Uh, Joss Whedon was involved in some manner. Yes. And I, I had no clue until I started looking in the movie. And apparently he wrote it. Yep. Um, and it was just him. He was the only one. Obviously, the other guys that made the first movie are still credited as story by or characters by shit like that but right. it's just Joss Whedon writing the story yep um, from what I looked into it it's not 100% what he wrote there are a few changes that are made throughout the production of the movie and shit mm-hmm. like that um, so much so that the point what is his name um, Garcia Commander General Garcia uh, the one that throws the grenade into the pod yes. before it launches the big hairy guy the guy you see in any fucking movie that requires a uh erratic man in charge type person. Uh, he's in Casper. He's in fucking uh, Adam's Family. He plays the lawyer yeah. in Adam's Family. Yeah. So that guy. I wrote his name down, but I can't find it. Dan Hedaya is his name. Dan Hedaya. Um, apparently, he was supposed to be the main bad guy in it. Like, I think several things are supposed to change where he survives and he's trying to protect the aliens and shit like that. Instead and he, of the scientist? Uh, no, uh, instead of the uh, the human xenomorph hybrid, we'll get to it in oh. a bit, uh, getting sucked through the little hole. It was supposed to be a human, but they didn't like it because they figured it would be too gruesome, which even mm. what we got was pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, it stars Sigourney Weaver... Uh, Dominic Pinot, Gary Burdain, Kim Flowers, Michael Wilcott, Wincott, Ron Perlman, Winona Ryder, uh, directed by Jean-Pierre Junot, I think that's how you say his name, and there are a lot of heavy hitters in this movie, like Brad Dorif is also in this movie, he plays Gediman, one of the scientists, um, the one with the ponytail, mm-hmm. uh, you got Leland Orser, he is the one that plays the, uh, like, freaked out ho- xenomorph host in the movie. He's a fucking prolific character actor. He's fucking brilliant. Uh, he's in Seven. He, he plays a similar character from Alien Resurrection in Seven. He's the one that uh, kills the prostitute oh. with the device. Yep. And he's freaking the fuck out and shit. Yep. So. Um, so there are a lot of heavy hitters in this movie. The movie's all right. It's not the greatest thing. Um, and I will say it's all right because of several of the lines. And I'm going to give you an example, Ryan. This is an actual... Fucking back and forth of dialogue in this movie. Ripley, everything's gone to shit. They're not sure what to do. She fucking yells out to just the group of people that are left on the ship. Who do I have to fuck to get off this ship? Ron Perlman's character, Johnner, replies with, I can get you off. Maybe not the ship, but I can get you off. What witty repartee they have, Ryan. 
still not the worst in the Alien franchise. So, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking about movie. I'm, I mean, I guess I am speaking about movie. But there, particularly, I was speaking about um, dialogue. Mm. I feel like the... I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a fucking groaner, and it's not good dialogue. But it's not <laughs> as bad as the dialogue in the last one. In, in three. three? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, But still, you would think... There's another line. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman's character, they're saying that the ship is... And we'll get to this part as well. They're saying that the ship is on the uh, uh, return course to Earth. Anytime the ship gets into distress... The, their base, ship which is goes back to home base, yes. And uh, they're talking about how it's going to go back to Earth, and they just cut the Ron Perlman's character before they head into the next uh, scene. He's like, Earth, what a shithole, man. <laughs> For those who can't see, I'm slapping the fuck out of my knee because it's such shitty dialogue. There are moments in this movie where I was like, oh, come on. Do you know what's, you know what's worse than that? it's not it's not it's not wrong yes but pointing it out doesn't change the fact no all you're doing is doing the same thing any other dipshit would fucking say in that moment so how about we come up with something a little bit more i don't know creative okay let's hear it (laughs) um let's let's hear let's hear the better line i just probably wouldn't have a line no, Period. No, no, no. They, no, no, no. You said the, something wittier. Come on. Go, the wittier go, thing go. would be just not to have another line or just be like, Earth, where do they get a load of us? Or something along those lines. That'd be a lot better than fucking Earth. What a shithole. Like, I wouldn't even fucking button it because the scene literally buttons up with Ron Perlman's character being like, Earth, what a shithole, man. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't even, I would just fucking gone in the next scene. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Let's start at the beginning of this movie. As we hit those points in the movie, I'm sure I'll fucking rail against them again. Um, So yeah, it starts off with a group of scientists uh, doing an operation on... uh, We're not sure... Is it on Ripley? Yeah, it's on Ripley. It's on Ripley. It's on Ripley, or at least Ripley 8. This is what they call her in the movie, because she's the eighth clone of... Because the premise of the movie is that they got the DNA... It's 200 years... After three. After three. And they got the DNA, I guess... From Furiosa. Makeup of Ripley from whenever she did that neuro body scan thing from the three. Or well, I don't know one of the physical it. workups that she had in the movie at one point. Yeah. They had managed to grab DNA and they've been trying to clone her from that because she was able to hold... A queen in her, and they want to try to replicate that and go from there. Get a queen, right? Um, so, and that's what the movie's all pretty well. Majority of the movie's predicated on is uh, them. Uh, they finally figured it out, and Ripley's character is re- called Ripley Eight. She's the eighth clone in the series of uh, seven others of them trying to figure out how to make her a human and able to be a host for the queen. They finally figure it out, and the beginning of the movie starts with them. Um, pulling the queen, the queen out of Ripley. And then from there, they're all scientists are fucking happy. We did it, blah, 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 shit like that. But there isn't much time. And this is one of the things I'm kind of just like, whatever, it's a movie bullshit. But there isn't much time. From the moment the guys show up there with their uh, cargo, from the moment that the Ripley gets taken by the xenomorphs, there's a whole fucking like network and infrastructure 
of Xenomorph, just like uh, walls and floors and shit, just all the uh, uh, Geiger iconography, just swirls and angles and shit like that. And there isn't much time that has passed from the moment the movie, they, they end up on the big-ass ship, the uh, uh, Uriga. Yeah, the big-ass USM Uriga is the big-ass ship that's doing the uh, genetic research on Ripley yep. and all that. Um, the Betty is the one. Betty is the on. one with the mercenaries, and they're carrying the cargo. But the moment they get on the Uriga, there isn't much time that passes, and there's a, like a whole infrastructure of shit going on underneath. I, there's even a point where Ripley gets pulled down underneath, and you see Call looking at Ripley in I just a bed of shit. But I haven't figured out what that is yet because it looks like a lot of like piping and stuff. But then, like whenever I watched it yesterday, it was really only the second time I noticed mm-hmm. or so. But it looked like at least some of what is surrounding her mm. is xenomorphs. Oh, is it? Yeah, like I have to watch it like again. living, living. I just saw it like moving and so shit. I'm see, like, what the fuck is so going on? So you see their like backs because mm-hmm. yesterday was the first time I really put it together. You see like the the, the smoke stacks that they have on their back, the things tubes, coming on, and you see the giant fucking hood. Yeah, the hoods. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, they're they're aliens, like moving her down through the. Piping so and stuff that would be under the She falls on an alien orgy? Because that would be the only reason for I don't think I don't think they're all that. I think that they were, like... Because they were obviously designed to... We'll get there whenever we get mm, there. Mm, but, mm, yes. Uh, but yes, uh, they figured out how to uh, make this queen out of Ripley. And then uh, we cut to a ship approaching the Uriga. That is the Betty. Uh, it's with the... This fucking plethora of characters. I, I would just love the... I, I would love a movie of just this crew getting together. Because Ron Perlman's character and uh, Dominic Pinot's character, he plays the uh, crippled guy. Um, those two going back and forth with each other would have been fucking interesting. We got a little bit of it. And like I said, whenever we watched 3, there are moments in this movie I really enjoy. Like Ron Perlman's character God in this movie. damn it, John. Like anytime he fucking starts losing his shit is just fucking phenomenal to see. Ron Perlman's well, character. Ron Perlman just losing his shit is just fun. Fun to see. Um, but just all these characters from Call to, uh, what's his name? El- Elgin, Johnner, Hillard, uh, Vares. And or no, that that's Reese. For, <laughs> they spell it a different way. Uh, and then Christy, which is the guy that put, uh, um, the dreadlocks guy. Yeah. Which we'll get to another moment in the movie. It'll be later on in the movie, which I was like, oh, that's a new thing. Um, we'll get there. Um, so they are talking to General Garcia about their cargo, and uh, before they even are allowed completely on the ship, no guns. Can't have any weaponry whatsoever. So before they get on the Uriga. Um, that's going to be fucking hard to say throughout this entire episode. But before they get on the Uriga, they, uh, basically armor themselves. You see Christy, um... Like, putting on these gauntlets with, like, guns attached to them and shit right, that like, extend out. Like Ezio's hidden blades. Yeah. Um, so they anytime he needs them, they'll extend out, but they won't come up on a scanner, apparently, right. for reasons. Because... They do a, a, a little well, if you, metal if you scan. Ever, yeah, if you ever watch the sweep, though, like, even in real life Mm -hmm. like you don't check the wrists because the hands go up so you check like here for shoulder holsters here for hip holsters and down the legs for leg holsters who who doesn't check the arms in what world the the tsa no they check the arms just flew to new zealand like six (laughs) months ago they didn't check my fucking arms (laughs) i've literally okay 
That but that is at their through, fucking discretion. They also go through. There's a, metal. a a body scan. B a uh, full body check, and B uh, or C where they just fucking pat you down like lazily. I had two of them. I didn't have the full body scan. I've had a full pat down, and I've had just lazily because I had the guy literally just grab my ankle and walk the fuck away. I have no idea why. He didn't work for the TSA. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, ooh, ankle. But I was let through security after he, he just grabbed my ankle and walked away. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. That guy didn't work. Like, if you would have like, turned around and questioned the people, be like, he doesn't work for us. Like, I don't know what that He was. just likes to grab ankles. It's fucking weird. You know all the TSA agents went home afterwards. I saw the weirdest fucking thing today. This dude just randomly grabbed another dude's ankle. Okay, I will see your argument about TSA not maybe not patting down arms, which is absurd because, yeah, anybody can hide anything in arms. Um, but I've seen people get arrested and they pat down the arms. Yes. So you would think that some sort of military corporation would do the same to pat down the arms. No. But because of story reasons, they don't. I'm just saying, it's... Yeah. Clearly for reasons. They thought, they thought it looked cool to <laughs> them come out because, I mean, everybody else hit a gun... In a traditional way, like mm. fucking Johnner's uh, is in his uh, like thermos, thermos yeah. is a gun, mm. and then Reese's is hidden inside throughout his, his entire wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they can't bring and any I mean, weapons. He even, he even says that, like whenever he's getting, because Christy goes first and gets checked, mm. and they sweep him and let him through, and then call, and then Elgin and um, the girl pilot. I don't remember her name. Hillard. Hillard. Hillard internet is um, her name. And. Then they check, or no, they check Ron Perlman's character second because he like opens up and shows it's a thermos and he's like, it's my own brew. Mm. Way more deadly. <laughs> and then Reese is the last one and the glove yeah. just starts lighting up. He's like, well, you want to check the chair? <laughs> right. Um, so as they're negotiating with uh, Commander or General Garcia about the cargo, which we don't at this point know what the cargo is. Uh, they later on show us, but right now they just know that it's cargo that the uh, research facility needs. Right, and uh, the general pays in something that is hard to come by. So Elgin um, is, I don't, I don't know if he's fishing for information or just fishing, like to potentially extort. I think it's trying to extort the guy because yeah, there, there's this back he's, and forth where they're... he's like, you know, this wasn't easy to come by, and he's like, well, neither was your cargo. Like, why would you need that anyway? And, oh, well, military experience, or military reasons you, you can't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a reason, he, what was the reason that they have to stay on the ship? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to, because we're approaching that subject, and I'm just like, what was the fucking reason? I think for, like... Like, they have to wait for things to clear or something like that? To check out? Either things to clear or some little repairs needed done. I think I think it's repairs, ship. yeah, on their ship and whatnot. Yeah, because uh, the Betty basically sticks around on the Uriga. Excuse me, on the Uriga. For uh, I'm pretty sure it's because of repairs, or they have to wait for something to clear, or check out, and right. shit like that. So they stay on the Uriga as the general's guests and shit like that, as long as they don't cause any trouble, anything like that. And then the crew comes across the Betty crew comes across Ripley. She's playing basketball, just apparently enjoying her time. She apparently gets yard time. Yep. Um, so they come across her. Ron Perlman does the, uh, I guess, 90s 
male bravado bullshit anytime a character like Ron Perlman's. I like I don't blame him as the actor. I just it's obnoxious to see this bullshit over and over again, and it's fucking prolific through the '90s and early 2000 movies where any sort of I'm a man type person sees an attractive woman, they have to go up and hit on them. Yeah. If you want to call that what Ron Perlman tries to do is hitting on them. Because he's basically innuendo city of basically about how he wants to fuck In her. your endo. Yeah, right. Uh, about how he wants to fuck Ripley. And Ripley's not having any of it, and she basically cold cocks the fucker. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a whole weird scene with a basketball, which... I don't know why they like needed that. the basketball, but I enjoyed... I don't know why, but the aesthetic of seeing tall-ass Gordon Weaver in a basketball with basketball hoop and all that, I enjoyed the aesthetic. For the reason? Well, it could have been anything. Well, no. Like, I've, I think that they could have done... Like, my problem was, like, the monkey arms. Like, I don't understand mm. why there was the monkey... Like, behind, behind the back... Behind, behind the back... Well, you did see him act like a chimp well, that's true. moments before that's when he true. dropped the knife into Reese's leg. <laughs> um, I didn't mind like the the behind the head dribbling mm. back and forth because it was like oddly tension building to mm. a point because yeah, he's finally just like give me the ball and then she does she just bounces it right into his nuts because <laughs> <Right. laughs> he's right behind her being. Totally fucking just creepy as fuck, breathing down her neck. He, he literally smells her hair at one point. Mm-hmm. And she's not having any of it, bounces it between her legs, damn, right into his fucking dick. And then the Betty crew decides that they need to fight her. Yes, because he was being a creep, and she was justified in her kicking him in the dick with a ball, but apparently the Betty crew was having none of it. Well, I mean, you, t- you attack one of our people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even if it's deserved. So it's QAnon before. <laughs> Have you heard that saying from QAnon? No. When we go one, we go all. <laughs> it's just utter bullshit. Um, so yeah, after that scene. Well, no, that scene is is way better than what you're letting on. Like, I think that's... I, w- I wouldn't say it's one of the best scenes, but like, mm-hmm. I enjoy the, okay, well, like, let's try a different game then. Tag and hits her with a oh, fucking that's right, weight. Right. Makes her nose bleed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where we see that her blood is not is green acidic. or anything, but it is acidic like the xenomorphs. Um, and you see, like the rest of the crew, the Betty, like what's her name, the the girl, the pilot, Hillard. Hillard, you're gonna have to keep telling me because she was so yeah. Unmemorable. Yeah, that the, she barely does anything she, in this movie. She only has like three lines. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do much of anything except freak out, and then she dies. Yes, and um, she throws a ball at Ripley, and she just palms it. Yes, she she straight up catches it like in a unnatural way because I don't think you can actually do that. Maybe you can. I've palmed there, a ball before. I don't know if I can actually catch a ball in that manner. Uh, I don't think that normal people can. Like, there's people out there that have, like, bigger hands mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would be able to catch but a ball the ball But just the the bounce off your hand would... I don't know if you'd be able to catch it quick enough. Right. I don't I don't know. I've never tried. Like I said, I've palmed a ball before. I've never actually caught a one. Caught a one. Caught one. Just straight up in the same manner, so... 
I don't know. But then the uh, the scientists show up. Mm, yeah, yeah. And because that shit's about to go down with Ripley, escalate the situation. Yes. And tell Ripley that it's time to get back to her cell, and mm-hmm. you watch her make the impossible shot. That yes, was always which always the most interesting thing, and apparently you You're, know it too. Yeah, okay. So, um, Ripley trained to do it. Yeah, and um, it, it's basically just like a behind the. Behind the back half court shot. Yeah, yeah. Is what As you're walking away, just walk, walking away, toss just toss it, it and go. Um, and she sunk it first take, mm. and they had to almost reshoot it because of Ron Perlman's reaction yes, yes, to it. Like yes. he was so fucking amazed. <laughs> you could see him right before they cut away and cut to a closer shot of the group. Obviously, to make up for what happens after she makes the shot. You can see Ron Perlman's head whip around real fucking quick. Yeah, he was, like, the look of astonishment was actually astonishment because yes. it happened first take, and he's just like, holy shit. <laughs> yes. And uh, I don't know if you read all saw on this, but the director, Jean-Pierre, didn't want it, almost took it out because he was afraid that people would think it was fake because it goes up and out of frame and then back into frame. Uh, as it's over the basket. Mm. So he's afraid that people are going to think, well, it was staged or anything like that. And no, apparently it's 100% real. As she's walking away, bam, she nails it. So uh, that when I read that fact, I was like, fucking good on Sigourney Weaver. And apparently she didn't want to, and I think we mentioned this in like the first uh, movie, we, uh, first Alien movie we watched. She didn't want to do this movie until, and this is her quote, until they backed a truck up to my house with loads of fucking money. Yep. <laughs> So good on her. She fucking uh, got her money's worth from this movie, and this is the last one that she's in. We don't. We don't. The other two are prequels, and her character's name is never ever mentioned again. We get Waylon Yutani, and I think we get Lance Hendrick in uh, one of the AVP movies. But this is the last one with uh, Sigourney Weaver ever mentioned yep. or anything like that in the movie. Um, so after that encounter with the Betty crew, we then see the scientists. Uh, what is it? Like dangling people over eggs. Yes. And it's basically what we've seen in any other uh, alien movie. Uh, they're Slightly, creating their well, own xenomorphs. Well, you yeah, we buried the lead on the Betty's crew. The Betty brought eight humans mm-hmm. um, that were in cryo sleep. Yes. That they stole from some other ship or something. He, uh, the, we find out the one guy that, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Leland Orser's, ca- uh, crew. He was part of, like, a mining facility that was on his way to yeah, wherever to he was mine. going to mine. Um, which I, I kind of thought was funny because, like, whenever you meet him at, towards the end, he's like, it's like, I'm on a ship? What ship? What ship? I wasn't on a ship. I was flying to this planet. Mm-hmm. The, then you were on a... You were on a you were ship, on a ship. <laughs> bro. Him like, <laughs> like you weren't fucking flying in just your cryopod. Um. So yeah, we find out from the scientists that they are trying to make their own xenomorphs, and then uh, yeah, they, they cut to the crew again. They're all just lounging and enjoying their time, and um, we see um, uh, Winona Ryder's character Call is enjoying some of that uh, homebrew, homebrew that'll with, kill you type shit with Johnner and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, um, Christy. Christy. Um, they're all hanging out, and at one point, they cut to her. They cut to uh, Hillard and Elegant enjoying themselves. He's giving her a ma- massage with her ass hanging out and all that. 
Um, which is fine. It's just like, why did you need her ass to hang out? That could have been done without her ass hanging out. That was clearly just so you could see someone naked, which is then gross. Um, but then they cut back to those three, and she's just sitting there with her hands below the table. And I thought this was fucking just hysterical. She's just sitting there looking at her drink. The two guys are watching the infomercial that's on the TV in front of them. And her hands just pop up. And they're boxing, <laughs> they're boxing gloves. gloves. <laughs> and she's trying to wrangle her cup of drink. And she ends up spilling it and fucking... Uh, well, it's, it's to signify time has passed. <laughs> right. And now they're wasted. <laughs> because what do you do when you're wasted? Dumb shit. Right, Greg? <laughs> yes. Like you... <laughs> You ask your best friend if he wants to join you in bed. <laughs> or you wear a lampshade. Or a or an Easter basket on New Year's Eve on your head, which I still have a picture of. Oh, dear. Of you just wasted with a Easter basket on your head in like a serious Rodin's The Thinker's pose. Of course. Contemplating your life as, um. as Princess... Basket blanket man. <laughs> See, I have no recollection of this, but from what I do remember of any other instance, I believe this. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, 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 Call spills a drink. Everybody gets pissed off at her. Uh, Johnner and Christy gets mad at her for spilling a drink because it's hard to come by. Type bullshit. Um, she said, stumbles go, out. Go fucking walk it off. Yeah. And so she takes off the boxing gloves and just. <laughs> into both of their cups and knocks both of theirs over too. And right before it cuts away, just Christy is like, "Damn!" <laughs> and then she leaves the room, and you see her like, "Sorry," like drunkenly apologizing. And then the door shuts, and, and she she's straightens fine. up. Fine, yeah, she's sober. Yeah, uh, this is where we get the first hint so of what a, she's doing. It's a ruse. <laughs> yes. Um. So she has this like ring of spit, apparently. Of, like, uh, the mouth freshener spray bottle type shit? Yeah. And it's just and, a ring of shit, or spit. <laughs> it's a much more interesting movie now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, who decided that, like... Apparently part of the security car- that protocol is... in the future would... You'd have to breathe on them to right, unlock them? Right, Like, that... It seems weird. Like, I mean, there's breathalyzers, so I, like, understand that that... I don't know if there are... Because it, it's coded to each person. So I don't know if there's a, a distinct difference between your breath and my breath. Maybe mine's fresher or yours is more fresher than mine or right. whatever it may be. But I don't think there's like, it's not like a thumbprint. Right. Where that's completely different from the next person. Right. I'm not sure exactly. But in this right. universe, like, it is. Like the only thing that it makes me think of is uh, obviously probably Futurama got it from that. But whenever Zap Brannigan goes to get the codes, mm. it's a lip print identification. <laughs> and he's like kissing the monitor. He's like, no tongue, please. <laughs> like that's, that's also a ridiculous way to keep things <laughs> yes, locked up. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's got this ring of spit. Uh, and it's just, it's set up like a fucking big ass keychain ring. Um, with just like these tubes on it of just Which, different spit. She becomes the world's worst janitor like, <laughs> at some point. Like, you don't think those motherfuckers would be labeled? So, yeah. like she just, Why wouldn't you label she's them? She's guessing. <laughs> all I can think is like a school janitor or something. Like, hey, we need you to unlock this door. And he whips out his <laughs> ring of keys and, oh, I guess I'll try this one. No, this one didn't work. Let's try this next one. No, no. Oh, there we go. That's the one. <laughs> right. But she's trying to get in and find Ripley. Because uh, whenever uh, the Betty crew... 
uh, first confronted by Ripley. Nobody knows who she is. They just uh, interact with a strange woman playing basketball. But as the scientists come in to break up the fight, they then reveal that it's Ripley, and we get a quick shot of Call's character, Winona Ryder's character, um, recognizing the name Ripley. So she goes and looks for Ripley, and whenever she does, she's about ready to stab her in the chest, but then sees the scar across Ripley's chest, knowing that she had her operation to where a xenomorph was taken out of her. Now, we don't know how Call knows all this information. We just, we just see her have all this information and is trying to kill Ripley. And then Ripley, as she's looking at the scar, Ripley's like, are you going to do it or not? And this is where we get a back and forth between Ripley and Call, and Call fucking despises Ripley. Yeah. For no apparent reason other than just existing. Um, because she knows what the, the facility's doing with the Xenomorphs well, and, and she all even that. says, like, there's no point in me killing you now mm. because they've already taken it out. Right. Um, what does it cut to? Oh, yeah, this is where we get the full-grown full um, Xenomorphs at this point. Some time has passed yes. where you get the full-grown Xenomorphs in the containment uh, cages, and there's, like, three of them in one thing. And you see Brad Dorf's character, and they're trying to attack the uh, window uh, that Brad Dorf is looking well, at. You see and him, he puts like, his hand on you, the no, little... You see him, like, make out with it first. Oh, that's right. That's it's, right. He gets real fucking close, and it slams against the window. And then he gets all pissed because it yes. spooked him. Yes. Uh, so well, he Well, like, hits it's, him. it's a whole, like, like, I don't understand why, like, they were like, hey, by the way, we want you to have, like, incredibly strange sexual tension with this alien. Mm-hmm. And he was like... All right, bet. Like that sounds like that sounds good. Like yeah, it was a, you like know it was a conversation between basically like fucking kissing the window. Yeah, and then like imitating what yeah he's doing alien that is ah. doing like a uh, face and stuff, and then you see the alien strike the glass and it spooks him, mm-hmm. and so he blasts him with. I'm assuming nitrogen. Yeah. Because we then see the too. effects of it later on. Whenever the guy enters the cage, he gets hit and, with it uh, and. and like, you see it, like, sh- real in pain, mm-hmm. and then he stops, and it goes to charge the glass again, and he puts his hand over it, and it just stops. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out that the Xenomorph is learning very, very like, fucking oh, quickly. Quick learner. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the cut to after that? Back to uh, the scene with Ripley and Call, and... Then Ripley fucking stabs her hand like, stabs the knife through her hand that Call brought Oh, that's right, right. They signify there's nothing she can do to fucking stop Ripley from... I guess the, uh, a knife wound isn't going to kill Ripley, is what she's saying. And as they're doing this, uh, yeah, Ripley stabs her hand with the knife that Call has. And then we cut back to the Xenomorphs. I know, right before we cut back to the Xenomorphs, it's Ripley recognizing something's about to happen. Because yeah, she, she like, looks up, because she has some sort of, like, weird connection with the Xenomorphs within the facility, and the Queen, and herself. They're all, like, some sort of, like, telepathic communicating type shit. And so she recognizes something's about to go down, and we cut to the Xenomorphs well, we don't again. Know, we don't know exactly, no, we don't cut to the Xenomorphs yet. Um, we don't know exactly what's happening, but, like, we know that something is happening. And I don't think that it's just, like, a, a connection to the Queen. Like, mm. it's just a an... A heightened sense of awareness yeah, yeah. because, like a sixth sense of some sort. It even comes into to question later whenever they find out that the ship is moving back towards Earth. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's right. Now what happens is um, she's like, "You should go." And as soon as Call leaves the room, she has 
Marine's guns pointed at her face mm, yeah. and the scientist guy. Yeah, they're all like, freaking find, the fuck find out. Find the crew of the Betty mm-hmm. and they're all in like the the mess hall, which is also the basketball room. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the same area for and, whatever reason. Um, they, yeah, like, that's right. They bring Call back and are basically like, you know, there's a terror. she's a terrorist mm-hmm. and uh, you brought a terrorist even if you didn't know she was a terrorist. It's still on you, so you're going to all fucking die. Yep. And we have this uh, pretty interesting standoff. And, yes, you see a decent scene, but it was... I think it was poorly done in some ways. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, like, you see somebody covering everybody. Yes. Except for Christy. Yeah. And Christy's guns come out and into his hands while his hands are behind his back. Yep. And there's one Marine that's kind of like stayed right of him. Yeah, he could easily see else that would easily be able to see that. Yeah. But nothing happens. But another Marine comes in later on after everything uh, is like slowed down for a bit before it completely stops altogether where they take out all the Marines. Another Marine comes up behind him completely. Yeah. I'm not. He must must have been the guy that was covering him but was just taking a piss break. Like, we don't know what was going on. So. I mean, tensions get high, yeah. and the um, the scientist is like, we're going to fucking kill you, and then the captain is like, Christy, mm-hmm. and then Christy whips out his guns whips and starts out taking guns. out Marines left, right, and center, and then... Uh, he, he's apparently the sharpshooter of mm-hmm. the group. Like, uh, the, 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 only, the one cool thing I thought was interesting was just how they ricocheted the shot and hit the guy. Because uh, another guy approaches Christy from behind, like we just mentioned, has a gun to the back of his head. He's telling everybody to fucking stop, drop your weapons, all that normal shit you would get in, in a situation Christy's like this. Christy's saying, I can't drop my weapons, right. they're attached to my arms. Ron Perlman points up to the ceiling to Christy, and Christy sees, and he fires around, bing, bang, boom, hits the guy right in the head. Which... <coughs> it's, it's fun to watch, but realistically, that's not how bullets work. Well, even if it's how bullets work and there is some sort of ricochet that would work, it would not then pierce through the armor of no, the helmet. No, like, no, It did not lose amount of speed from hitting each fucking angle. By the time it hit that helmet, it should have been like, ting. That's it. Yeah. Maybe a small dent in the helmet, but it shouldn't have taken him out. But anyway, uh, right when all that is done, then we cut to the xenomorphs. They have come up with a plan real fucking quickly. There's three of them in a cage. Um, the other two... Which look- I don't know why, because in the original scene with Brad Dorff's character, mm. there was only one in that cage. Yeah, I don't know why they put the other two with him. So... I don't know what the rationale was, but they fucked up. Because, um, yeah, the uh, two of the xenomorphs look at the third one, and they're like, look, this is it. And they we just did, start We did miss a him. couple of scenes... Um, with Ripley before the uh, the Betty crew is really introduced, because you know, did we? I don't know. I, I don't thought know that was exactly after. when it is. It's where her. She's just in the uh, like. It's just her, her in containment the, room. Her and the scientists. And oh, she's like, that's right. After they take like, out the the queen, you're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Like before the crew think, pops up, you think you can train. Uh, and they say, you know, we can use them for more than just mm-hmm. their weapons. There's all sorts of things. Like, we can come up with new vaccines and new this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what, you're going to try to train them? Like, sit, stay, roll over? Yeah. And scientists are like, yeah, we taught you, didn't we? 
And she just kind of laughs. She's like, you're all going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, and this is where she basically smacks him around a bit before she says, shit's going to happen here and no one's going to make it out of this alive. And then then, the, then that's when the Betty crew rolls up on mm-hmm. it and then we start from there. Um, but yeah, right so as... So Ripley kind of knows what's going on, obviously. Ripley, yeah, like we said earlier, she has some sort of like sixth sense when it comes to the xenomorphs and the queen and everything. So they, she knows that something's going to happen. She also knows that they will kill her because it almost comes to that a few times before. Uh, whenever we get reintroduced at Ripley underneath the grate, because it looked like the Xenomorph's going to go down and, and just basically fuck up shop with Ripley. Um, well, it doesn't know what's down there. Uh, I guess that's true. Uh, but the Xenomorphs kill the third Xenomorph, and it basically makes a hole in their containment cage, basically, I'd say about Freeing them. 20, 30 feet down, to where they could basically just go in and start just wrecking up shop. Um... This is where we see Brad Dorff's character and his assistant. She's freaking out. She does this, like, atypical fucking, like, horror movie trope where a Frozen. woman screams. Oh, I'm so scared. Um, and Brad Dorff's character goes in and checks out the hole. And as he's peering over the hole, he gets pulled down by a xenomorph. And his character is taken out. Um, as all that's happening, the I think the uh, Brad Dorff's character's assistant sounds the alarm and everything goes apeshit and then we come back to the Betty crew they're all like what the fuck is going on the scientist is playing there's, coy there's one scientist and one um, marine left right right and the marine which is I, I'm watching I'm in the process of uh, 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 binge watching uh, Breaking Bad and Raymond Cruz plays Tuco in that he also plays the marine the one marine that survives in that standoff with the scientists and all that mm-hmm. That's Raymond Cruz, and he mm-hmm. plays Tuco in Breaking Bad, so. Where are we after? Uh, we're back at the Betty crew. The scientist is playing coy. Yeah, yeah, because the alarm has been sounded. The scientist is playing coy. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. They're asking a bunch of questions. He's like, I don't know, type shit. He clearly knows what the fuck is going on. Yep. Um, and then the crew, uh, you, right when the alarm sounds, you then see General Garcia... Uh, telling all his men to get the fuck out of here, and you see all you of see them everybody rushing, going to the escape pods, rushing to pods and shit like that. And then, uh, as the last pod is about to be filled, you see a xenomorph crawl into it. Crawl into it, and Garcia sees the xenomorph crawl into it, and asks for a grenade. Yes, and as uh, it's about ready to close, grenade gets tossed in. He apparently these grenades you can basically atta- uh, detach the actual. De- uh, Detonation trigger. Yeah, it'd become a remote detonation. Right. So he tosses the grenade. He has. He sells the trigger in his hand, and as he gets far enough away, he blows it. And boom! Everything goes away. But shortly after that, another xenomorph comes up behind him, and I thought this was fucking gruesome. He, he it, salutes at all the fallen marines right. because he obviously feels bad that his. Men and right after that, and I thought, although at that the point, end scene with the human xenomorph hybrid is fucking gruesome. I thought this one was even worse. Because yeah. a xenomorph comes up behind him, hits him in the back of the head with their little uh, provasio uh, uh, mouth, arm, penis thing. <laughs> I have no idea what they call it. Um, hits him in the back of the head, makes a nice size hole. He basically looks at the back of his head because he, he reacts to being hit in the back of the head. He's like, shit, something hurts. And he pulls out a chunk of his brain, Ryan, yep. before he fucking collapses. It is so fucked up. Uh, so yeah, we see the crew running through the corridor, the Betty crew running through the corridors, because basically, I'd say about 95% of the facility is basically abandoned. Um, yep. 
and the Abedi crew is trying to figure out a way to get back to their ship to get the fuck off of here. Well, uh, before, but before you see that, you see um, a Marine go in to try to figure out what happened to Brad Dorf's character. And this is where the, we get a hint of the alien what they were is with. on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's got a gun, and he's kind of, like, going up towards the hole, and you see an alien come out and hit the button and freeze him with yes. the nitrogen. Um, and as everything... There's a little bit of payback. As they're all trying to... As the Betty crew is trying to figure out which way to go and how to get the fuck out of here, you see Elgin standing on a grate, and he gets pulled down. Well, you see everybody else running towards the Betty, and he decides, hey, to stop. I want to get, get some of these military weapons. Yes. Like, I've already got four guns. But I need a fifth. Because <laughs> he, like, he goes and he picks up one, like, assault rifle mm-hmm. that they have. And then he's got a gun in each hand. Yeah, that's true. So it's just overkill and it's at this like, point. Okay. And then you see, like, another one, like, ahead of him, like, James Wood and a fucking piece of candy from <laughs> Family Guy. Right. He's like, ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> and he, so he walks over, he slings one of the guns over his, uh, back mm. picks up the other one and then he sees a handgun a little bit further <laughs> ahead and he's like well i mean i've got armed guns because <laughs> these ones are long i need a handgun <laughs> or something <laughs> right. and so you see him walk over and like grab the handgun and it's covered in slime an alien like, spit he's like oh that doesn't look very good and he like goes to set it back down and as soon as he stands up Great gets pulled out from mm-hmm. underneath him, and he, and he falls in. Not even falls in. I think he gets pulled the fuck in, because you see the arms come in, and then well, he falls yeah. down a bit, and then he gets jerked down even more. And as he's struggling and shit, the alien basically takes him out, and he's gone. And this is where we get... Uh, they're all fucking mourning Elgin being killed, and Hillard is obviously his girlfriend or wife or whatever, so she's dealing with it pretty well, fucking like, badly. What, what happened? What happened? What happened? Like, nobody knows what happened. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, Call is the closest one to it, Mm. and there's a fucking alien, Mm. and they decide they can't shoot it because it's too close to the bulkhead, Mm. or to the hull. Yeah, yeah, because the scientist is like... It'll cause explosive decompression, so they just run away, Mm. and it starts after them, and then gets... It senses something, so it goes back to Elgin's body, and looks... And a gun comes up through <laughs> and blows its fucking head off. <laughs> yes, and this is where we get reintroduced to Ripley. She has apparently escaped from her uh, little chamber and is looking to get out as well from everybody. And this is where we get the exchange of who do I have to fuck to get off this ship type mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I'm just saying, I, I get it. It's a 90s trope to have a woman say the word fuck and then have a man be like, mm, you said fuck. <laughs> so that must mean you want to fuck type bullshit. Um, it's just, ugh, I you hate You said the word. Does that mean you are DT? <laughs> right. So you would be DT? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, God, what are they? And Call is real fucking upset that. Yeah, yeah, because she still like, doesn't trust Ripley. Like, we can't trust her. It came out of her. Yeah, this is where we find out that... And Ripley's like, yeah, but it didn't kill me. (laughs) So I still want to live. Yep, and call call initially whenever... And she's basically like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you you seem capable, so, Mm -hmm. like, if you can fucking fight, then you can fucking come with us, because 
And uh, we might is, need some backup. This is all, also where Carl is kind of also reckoning with the idea that Ripley is still technically human because Carl's like, "You killed one of your own." And he's like, "It was in my way." So mm-hmm. proving to Carl that as long as nobody does anything evil, she's not going to kill them. She's just a human with xenomorph DNA in her. Um, and this Carl's having a hard time understanding that, and we find out why. It's just not computing with her of why that would be the case. <laughs> Right. I see what you did there. Um, so they come up with a plan to go to their ship and just blow up this main ship, the Aruga. Because they, at this point, know that it's going... Because this is where the scientist reveals that well, it's going is, back to Earth. this is where Ripley displays her sixth sense again. It's mm-hmm. like, we're moving. And the scientist and the marine are both like, you can't tell that. Like... Mm-hmm. There's no way, because this has whisper drive or whatever. Yeah. Insert 90s jargon for space travel. <laughs> Something that you wouldn't be able to feel moving or whatever. Right. So. And the like scientists... There's no way you'd be able to know that. And then one of the Betty crew is like, yeah, no, it is moving. So apparently it's not that impressive. It's just right, right. <laughs> like something that needs to be... Like, brought to your attention mm-hmm. first, and then you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the scientist comes clean and is like, oh, yeah, it's going back to home base. Anytime there's an emergency, it goes back to home base. Well, where's home base? Earth. Earth. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> and so they come up with a plan to blow up the ship before it hits Earth because so of the xenomorphs you. hit on Earth, and there's all those people, the human race would be annihilated. Which I wouldn't be. And we get. Hints of this in the AVP movies. I wouldn't be adverse to seeing a xenomorph human war, if you will. Like, apocalyptic type movie to where the xenomorphs have taken out half the fucking population of the Earth. And the other half is trying to figure out ways to combat it type thing. Well, I mean, xenomorph is just a phrase for anything that doesn't really have a... Species that we recognize. (laughs) Right. Or, oh wait, no, that's that's cryptids. Um, but anyway, like, there's already kind of one of those that exists, which is uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I guess, yeah. This is an apocalyptic type. Mm, only it deals with time travel as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's a movie I really fucking enjoyed. I did not think I was going to enjoy that, because I hated fucking Oblivion, which came out around the same time and had similar aesthetics to it. Mm-hmm. And it had Morgan Freeman, Tom Cruise. It had the potential to be something... Interesting, but I just found it fucking boring as shit. And then, uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's like Edge of Tomorrow and something else that it's called. Like the manga is based off of All You Need Is Kill, but they called it Edge of Tomorrow and something else. Oh, Live, Die, Repeat. Well, that's the tagline for it. Was it? I thought they bounced back and forth between Edge of Tomorrow and Live, Die, Repeat. The tagline was Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, okay. Um, but I really enjoyed that movie. And from, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the manga or anything. No. Um, they stick really close to the fucking manga. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that movie. There's supposed to be a sequel coming out. So it should be. Anyway, we're way off and it, Yes, let's get back to so. <laughs> the movie at hand. We'll eventually get to Edge of Tomorrow because it's yeah. a really nerdy movie. Uh, ignore the Tom Cruise aspect of it, but everything else is really a nerdy movie. Yeah. Um, so you get, um, they decide they're going to do that and then they find out that their way is blocked and they have to go through yes they have to go around pretty much 
to they have to back go through like the, flooded back areas. Back by the reactors mm-hmm. and stuff. So they go down there and they find out that the But before that, th- this is where, because uh, they're running down the corridor, they, Ripley then stops halfway through them running and she see, she senses a door off to her left. And they're all like, we don't have time for this, Ripley. We don't have time for this. She opens the door and this is where we see um, uh, clones one through seven. Oh, yeah. Of just different fucking just like fucked up looks and all half all but one half dead. Human They're all just from an aesthetic standpoint. It fucking amazing grotesque. looking work. Um, and then we see. And don't get me wrong. I say grotesque in like the most sensory pleasing, pleasing way. way. Yeah. Like the the hybrids are all. Grotesque. That's a that's a good gorgeous. description of it. Yeah, yeah. The 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 artwork on this movie and just character creature work on this movie is fucking amazing. Compared to three, where they do the fucking digital version of the fucking xenomorph. Yes, we're back to puppets. <sighs> we're back to everything being well, mostly. Well, I don't know if we're back to puppets, but we're mostly if, CG or uh, practical if, effects. And if chilling. we're if we're not like it's a way better mm, job mm. done with CG right. than in. Three. And I've always said the perfect uh, movie is a movie that uses both. Blended together, and you can't tell which is which. Right. Um, so this is where Ripley sees all the other ones, and we see number seven, the one right before Ripley, eight, uh, just a blob and, like, contorted and broken in half and just fucked up, With, barely like, able to breathe super, and live. Super long arms and... Like, her tits off to her side and shit. Which, again, you don't need something like that. If it adds something to the story, if, say, like, a sex scene adds to the story, like, say, in Ghost... Uh, the, for a movie like that where it, it requires two characters to be quite intimate with one another, I can understand a sex scene being in that movie. But to just basically have Sigourney Weaver's tits out, and we're not even sure if it's Sigourney Weaver's tits out in that movie, is just asinine and just fucking defeats the purpose of her being a strong-ass character by just being like, well, clearly she's just a pair of tits. Well, that one, like, I don't feel like it's... Obstensively, I know, but bad. everything surrounding it is fucking the 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 character at that point. Everything surrounding it is fucking horrible. But you still, all it does is purposes. I'd almost bet there are probably people that have jerked off to that scene, just the still of that scene of seeing probably. Sigourney Weaver because you see most of her face and her tits hanging out. And I probably almost bet so. there are people but, fucking. Um, I think that it's to show the fact that. Oh yeah, she at this also point. has the incision. Mm-hmm. So that means there's probably two queens at play here. Do you think that's what they were getting at? I figured that that's, because the body that's wasn't viable. That's the only thing that I can think. I thought because the vo- body wasn't viable and it we'll was get barely in, hanging on. We'll that get into why I think that mm. but uh, a little bit later. But, yeah, I think that there's two queens. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, because the uh, one that is just like, kill me. Because, yeah, we, we find out that it's just laying there, just in pain, just... Looking at Ripley, Ripley's looking at this. Ripley's in near tears at this point, and uh, the one on the on the gurney is like, "Kill me, kill me!" And Ripley complies, and she Call gives her a flamethrower. Flamethrower, and Ripley just destroys the fucking everything. Yeah, um, and then comes out and looks at the scientist like she's going to fucking kill him. I don't even think looked at. I think she grabs it by by the face and well, like lifts and him up like, off the. Calls like no, because she has the flamethrower in her hands. And she, like, kind of starts to point it at him. Calls, like, don't do it. And she drops it. like, don't do what? And just walks away. Mm, that's right. That's right. And then Jonner flips out. And they're like, why are you flipping out? And he's like, it's a waste of fucking ammo, man. 
Um, um, and I, I can't remember if it's before or after, but we're also reintroduced to Reese, who is yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, because they're all like freaking stuff. out, and then uh, the door opened back up, and it's Reese on the other side and not a xenomorph. And so he's rolling with everybody with and his he's, gun. And he's shit. already got uh, one killed mm-hmm. himself because um, he hurts it, and then it bleeds on his leg. He doesn't feel it. He doesn't feel it because he's paraplegic. And, and then it drips on his ear. Well, no, he touches it. Like, oh, that's hand. right, that's right. He's like, ow, ow, and then it drips on his ear, and he's like, ah. Yeah, and then it comes back. And, and then it comes back to attack him again, and he just unloads yeah. his, um, his wheelchair shotgun. They're all there together at this it's point. A band name. It's a heavy metal band name right there. Yes. Wheelchair shotgun. As they're going back around to go through the flooded areas and shit like that, Ripley then senses something underneath the floor and stops completely. Because I remember this scene quite vividly because it's they're all running down the hallway again. The music starts to ramp up again, and it just stops immediately whenever Ripley stops. I don't know why they did that music cue, but it just it was jarring as fuck. But Ripley stops in the middle of the hallway as they're running. She senses something, and then she gets pulled yeah. down. I thought that was... Because she's not in the kitchen scene with them. Is she? Hmm? You're... You're way ahead. You're jumping like 20 minutes or so, bud. Because the next thing that we get is... Um, the trap. So they go down through the reactor. The trap? Yeah. They go down through the reactor. Um, and it's flooded. So they have to swim for it. And they swim to the other side and a couple of xenomorphs show up. And Jonner gets to kill one, and then they get to the other side, and there's uh, growth over where they would come up into the service tunnel or whatever. And then they break through the growth, and you see there's a whole bunch of alien eggs, and Sigourney Weaver surfaces first, and a facehugger attaches to her, and she goes underwater and is struggling to get it off. I must have been doing something. Because I don't remember, don't remember this, scene. this scene. I don't remember this scene at all. I know uh, halfway through the movie, I was helping Sarah with shit, so maybe. Maybe. But I seriously don't remember this scene at all. You don't remember it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the... It's where they come up through to a whole bunch of eggs, and then... Is it's it? the ladder scene. It's right before the ladder. Yeah, I must have been doing because I remember the latter scene. I remember all of that because I'm getting to a point that I'm just like, apparently they can do that now. Uh, the xenomorph spits at fucking Christy and uh, yeah, apparently spits, spits acid. acid. I'm like, that's a new fucking thing. Um, but yeah, because it's Sigourney Weaver's character that gets is Ripley. That I must have missed that at some point. On her, um, and then they all like all the eggs start opening, and there's enough to mm, get yeah, all of them all plus. Of them, yeah. And they go back underwater, and Christy looks up and fires two grenade rounds and uh, bounces. He does the same thing one they did earlier. The egg yeah. And one just by it and blows up all the eggs, and right. then they all come up. And the alien, uh, and that's where you also lose uh, Hillard. Is it? Yeah. Because I know this as is where you... As they're swimming. Where Christy decides to take himself out as well, because for some reason, h- halfway going up, he gets hit with the ass in the face. Um... And decides to take himself out well, because of it. He's not damaged in any, any other way, but other than half his face is a bit burned. Right. Um, no, Hillard uh, is before they get to the trap okay. that they set. 
that the aliens set because mm-hmm. apparently the aliens set a trap. That's what they say. Okay. They set a fucking trap. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she's swimming for whatever reason, like there's two that chase them through the water mm-hmm. and Johnner blows one of them up with a slow-mo torpedo grenade mm. round. But then as they're all like struggling to swim, you see you see Christy who's got Reese on his back because Reese's chair couldn't go through it. He's just crawling along the bottom, making really good time and everybody else is just kind of swimming and making decent time. Mm-hmm. But then Hillard's like all the way at the back and she's struggling for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like she can't she can't fucking just manage she underwater. Can't swim. <laughs> yeah. And she's convinced that it's the guns that she's carrying. So she's trying to take the guns off and get going mm-hmm. and can't. And the alien grabs her leg and pulls her back. Oh, okay. And takes her out. And takes her out. Um, but then as they're climbing the ladder, you see everybody making time. And you see the, uh, or well, you see Ripley managed to get the face hugger off. Mm. Somehow, because she's extra strong, or yeah, whatever. yeah she, superhuman strength because she's half uh, xenomorph type bullshit. Yeah, she gets it off as the alien comes back and barely misses nipping at her feet mm-hmm. as she kicks up to to join everybody else. Yeah, and as they're climbing up, this is where we get a uh, um, xenomorph launches itself out <laughs> of the water onto the ladder. Yes, and spits its uh, venom at. Christy, because they're all trying to rush up, because you know there's still one down there behind them. They're trying to get up there as quickly as possible. And as they're, they're dealing with the xenomorph, fucking call and the one scientist uh, end up, the first one's up there uh, yep. at the door. And call. For whatever reason, he can't, can't. What the fuck is the scientist's name? Because I keep on wanting to say the scientist, but I know he has a specific name. It's not in here. I don't know why it's not in here. But yeah, the Dr. Ren. That's it. Dr. Ren. W R E A E N. Dr. Ren is his name. I thought it was... I thought that was... Uh, Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf. No, character. his name is uh, Gediman. Oh, that's... Okay. Um, so Dr. Ren and Call are the first ones at the uh, the door, and uh, Ren's like, look, I can't open it. Give me your gun. I can shoot the lock off, shit like well, that. Well, it's like in case of emergency, break glass. And mm-hmm. he, like, elbows it a few times. It's like, it's too thick. It won't... Like, give me your gun so I can... Use it. Mm-hmm. And, and as she does, she hands it to him. Ripley's like, no, type of shit. And well, then, no, there's no, there's no anything until you see his evil, malicious smile. Is like, you are really too trusting. Oh, that's right. And then it's a, no, and he pulls the trigger. Yes. And then you see Call's body. Just fall into the fucking uh, water. Um, and then, yeah, this is where we also get like this excessive use because uh, he was just like two scenes ago concerned about ammo. And the xenomorph jumps up, hits uh, Christy with the acid in his face, and he's struggling with the xenomorph on his foot and shit, and this is where we get Ron Perlman's character bent backwards. Well, you get... First, you get um, the guy in the wheelchair. Reese. Reese. Reese shoots at it first, and it's like, oh, my gun's jammed. So then Christy shoots at it with his gun. Yeah, that's right. he misses. Reese is strapped to Christy's back. And is basically unloading on Xenomorphs as they approach them from behind because he's basically dangling on Christie's yep. back. He then uh, and we also runs out some, of ammo. Some pretty fucking terrible dialogue along the way with the fucking Marine because they're like, "Oh, well, your guns fire underwater," and Christie's like, "Yeah," and he's like, oh, "I heard of those. They're disposables." <laughs> and Christie's like, "Yeah, you know what they call disposables? Why?" 
Because after you use them, you throw them the fuck away because you don't care about them. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, weird. But, like, the Marine is so goddamn excited about everything. Like, we, we get more of that later, but, like, she's like, they're disposables! I heard of that! It's like, why are you fucking set? Like, you are running for your goddamn life. You're like, disposable guns! He must be American. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, as they're trying to deal with the Xenomorph, Ron Perlman's character bends backwards after everybody else is out of ammo, bends backwards over everybody that's behind him, and just starts unloading two pistols on the Xenomorph. Hits nothing! I don't even know where he got the fucking <laughs> Right. He, one round hits the fucking thing, and then it explodes. Yep, well, it's through <laughs> the, straight through the head. But still! Through the dope piece. But it's holding on to Christie's shoe. Right. And then Ron Perlman comes back up, and there's a spider right in front of me, and shoots the spider. Yeah, yeah he, he clearly was there before he shot so any of the bullets. You know what that is, right? That's character development. <laughs> is it now? Johnner hates spiders. <laughs> Apparently. He took place in the great arachnid war. You didn't hear about that? <laughs> well, while all this is going down... Uh, Call is still alive, and she manages to get up to the corridor because Ren has locked them inside because he gets away from them because he wants to stop the ship from exploding because he doesn't want all his research to be taken out and all that, and he wants right. to get back to Earth. So he has run away from the group to try to stop the ship from exploding. And is trying with Father's help, who's the, like, the shipboard AI. But yeah, if you remember in Alien, there was Mother. In this ship, it's Father. Um, so... He locks them in there, and as all this is going down with the Xenomorph, Call has apparently gone up and gone on to Somehow. the other side. Movie magic, if you will, gone to the other side of the well, door. Well, they all, they all get up there, except for Christy, who, mm. um, instead of... Yes, this is where he fucking he kills himself. After he in the face, like... That's it! He can't hold on anymore, apparently. Yeah, Reese can't hold on, because remember, Reese is strapped no, no, to his no. back. Christy can't hold on no, anymore. No. Just wait, we'll get there. <laughs> Christy can't hold on because it, it hurts too much on his face. And he's like, ah! And so he lets go. And they start fucking dropping, but he turns. And Reese is like, whoa! <laughs> and grabs on. Is that what happens? Yeah. I thought they just then, switched sides like, because uh, no. he wanted to no, shoot. No, he starts... He shoots while he's still holding on. Mm -hmm. And then the face burn hurts, and so he starts to drop. Which he then takes himself out shortly after all and then, this. And then Reese catches on and is like trying to climb right but my point is with christy on the back why like the rationale because the the xenomorph is holding on to his boot shake your boot because well, they yes. literally show his the the xenomorph on it's, his boot it's just like just like three fingers hanging on to the fucking and boot it's not even like wrapped around <laughs> right. completely it's just like over just the top. shake your boot <laughs> but the reason that reese can't hold on is because it's Christie's dead weight plus the alien's dead weight, and you figure the alien probably weighs three, four hundred pounds because okay. most animals of that size outweigh humans by a lot. <laughs> most humans right. by a lot. So, <laughs> but he still ends up killing himself for reasons. Yes, because there's no real reason. Okay, cut yourself out, drop down, climb the fuck back up. Yes. But we don't see him after this. Well, he just yeah, drops down and then he dies. We don't know if there's another alien or why exactly, <laughs> but somehow he just can't make it back up and dies. Yes. Um, but all of them make it back up, and as they're trying to figure out how to get the door open, Call the opens door the door. The door opens, and it's Call standing on the other side. And then this is where we get a huge backstory about Call, apparently. Well, she's no, not really. Not yet. 
because they're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, and this is where she like, reveals. How did you survive? And we get more excited Marine, like, are you wearing body armor? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because then uh, like, after she reveals herself, he like, gets super no. excited and then, about being a second then, generation android. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she shows Ripley, because Ripley kind of forces her to. Mm-hmm. That she's because Ripley was like, you got shot point blank range in the chest. There's no way that you survived this. Yeah, like let me see, and she like fingers her whole. <laughs> yes, it's really creepy the way it, just the hands enter her and just. It sounds, it sounds almost as sexual as it plays out on the screen. Yes. like without being sexual, like it just fucking weird. Yeah, like she just fingers her gunshot hole, and like comes back with like the synthetic. Uh, blood and says oh you're you're an android and then you see him like oh man you're an auton yes robots designed by robots they don't like being told what to do <laughs> yes and this is where we get the backstory where androids are basically outlawed at one point where they we had a, like an android revolt at one point god damn phone just getting random calls. Um, uh, but we get an uh, uh, android revolt. Well, eventually the android making process was taken, taken over by androids. So the second generation androids, or which the, is, the Autons, right, which, which is, is what she is. Calls character, yes. Um, Like they didn't, they didn't turn out the way that they were expected to because they obviously didn't like following orders or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they were recalled and destroyed. Yes, and there's apparently like, like a small sect of androids. But, but he heard, he heard <laughs> that there was a small group of them that survived, but he never thought he'd see one with his own eyes. Yes, uh, and apparently she has all these protocols about how to deal with certain things, and apparently one of them is to take out. The xenomorph popu- population no. and Ripley and all that. K- kind of. But, um, so you find out that they all burned their modems to connect to the m- mother network. Right. But before she did, she hacked into the mainframe and looked up, like, every black book government mm, military thing that mm. was going on and, um, had to. Uh, find out that uh, like they're doing all this stuff mm-hmm, that could mm-hmm. potentially harm all of humanity right, right. and so she has to try to stop it mm-hmm. and when asked why she's like well because I'm programmed to care about what happens to humanity mm-hmm. and this is where we th- there's also another creepy scene where they're like telling her that she can uh, hack into the uh, father mainframe well that's, that's this same scene because um, they're like well you can hack it remotely and she's like I can't we all burn our modems and then Reese is like no you can still patch in manually you yeah. know that yeah uh, this is where they go to the chapel that has like a digital fucking uh, bible bible they unhook the bible and there's a cord and then the weirdest fucking thing I don't know why but they you see a close up on her arm where she pulls out a mole and it's stringy as shit, and it creeps me the fuck out anytime I see it. It's just this mole that looks like a a blackhead, maybe? Uh, just with this long-ass fucking white like tether. You know what the long-ass white tether is? It's just the synthetic 
Like, so, basically, <laughs> that's, that's the, uh, the robot's audio jack. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's her port that she can manually connect with stuff. But that's just that weird cord, looking. Right. That cord is just to, like, hold the... To plug it up. The plug in place. Because <laughs> right. the mole is just the, the plug. It's like... It's like on your phone, how mm. like your phone, like you have to you have to pull back the thing to plug it in. Yes. On most like OtterBox cases mm. and stuff, it's that's all it is. <laughs> it's just weird looking. Yes, it's it's creepy. Any I've watched this movie a handful of times. I own the Blu-ray, and anytime I see that scene, I'm just like, ugh. Any fucking time. I don't know why. There's any insides of the robots in this. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does look fucking, fucking look creepy gross. as shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she hacks in, and this is where we see Ren running through the corridors trying to get to the, uh, I guess, command center to stop the, uh, ship from exploding, and then Well, they can't, they haven't figured out, or they haven't tried to, they were going to try to cry, or to blow up the ship. Oh, that's right, and they couldn't get to it. And she finds out that, yeah, she finds out that they don't have enough, um, energy left to reach critical mass, Mm -hmm. so they can't blow it up. Um, so they're like, well, what, what do we do? She's like, well, why don't you crash it instead? Like, it'll still blow up, and that'll work. So she alters their course to collide with Earth instead of... Yeah, that's right. ...being parked there, and, like, resets ground level, so, like, it the thinks ship thinks the ground level is Further deeper. away, yeah. So yeah, uh, we got Call hacking into the system and does everything. Really? You couldn't have just slowly walked to get your water? You have all of the grace of a <laughs> wildebeest. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Ryan said, uh, they convince the ship to think that the Earth is further away than it actually is to basically make it collide and explode into Earth. Um, and this is where they also trap Ren to go towards... Where does he go? Oh, that's right. He ends up meeting them on the ship, but they try to get him to get corralled by the xenomorphs. Right. Because she well, yells over the loudspeaker. She's like, hey, which I don't all know how xenomorphs that... to this zone, because mm-hmm. there's a snack there for you. <laughs> which I don't know how that would work, but well, the whatever. other The other thing is, like, he's, he's opening the door, and she stops it from opening, and then yeah. he screams at father, and she, father's dead, asshole. Yes. And then she brings all the, tries to bring all the aliens mm-hmm. to him. Um, and then that's, uh, yeah, they're running back to the ship. This is where Ripley gets grabbed after this. Um, she senses something underneath the floor as they're uh, running through the hallway. She stops completely. Um, Call sees that she stopped, looks at Ripley. Turns around and looks and... As she looks, right when she is finished turning, Ripley gets pulled down under. And then Call looks and sees Ripley on, like, this, like, I guess, orgy at this point of xenomorphs just pulling her. Not sure exactly what it is, but, like... Ushering her to the queen's chamber. Right. Um, so we see them get on the ship, and then we see, um, yeah, they, they, the Betty crew ends up getting to the ship, or what's left of the Betty crew ends up getting to the ship, and they're starting everything up, and Reese is out of his fucking element because he's not sure how to fly the fucking thing, and they're trying to rush to it, and then we cut to Ripley in front of the mother, and we get Brad Dorff's character, which I love him fucking talking. If you ever want to see Brad Dorff just talking... Or just pontificating on some of the most brilliant dialogue ever. Watch Deadwood. He plays the doc in Deadwood. And I thought you were going to say this scene, and I was like, really? No. Like, this scene is just a bit annoying, but... 
just hearing him talk in general was just mm. fun to see. But there is some brilliant dialogue that he delivers in Deadwood as him as the doc. Him and Ian McShane are a fucking tour de force in that show. And uh, if you ever want to just watch a great Western, watch Deadwood. It's a brilliant show. Um, cut off before it should have ended. I think there's like three seasons. They just recently uh, uh, produced a movie of a... Uh, it's basically like, look, we're going to tie up all these loose ends and shit like that. It was fun, but it was just not the three seasons that we got before. Right. Um, but yeah, we get Brad Dorff basically pontificating about this human hybrid queen where she has a womb and can give birth like a human. And th- this is why I have a theory that there are two queens. Okay. Because he says that her egg-laying capability has been replaced That's right. yeah, by yeah. Ripley's human womb, and that was her gift to the queen, mm-hmm. was a human womb. And we see earlier there are eggs right. throughout the facility. The, the, right. the scientists didn't put there. Somebody put there. And that's why I think that there's probably more, like, plus in the, uh, in the scenes earlier, like, you see all sorts of different containment cells. Mm, yeah, yeah. We are, don't see what's that in are f- like as you as you're blowing by them, you kind of see something's like, in them. We don't see what's in them. them. Yeah. So my guess is that there's already some uh, another egg laying queen. Yes, some presence there that. I guess I never made that connection. Yeah, being that there are eggs in there, and then we also get uh, that whole scene where it's like it has a womb and shit like that, and I like whenever the because this is where we see the big oh, this fucking creature design. Ugh. Yeah, I can't stand it. Um, it's just bad all around. Like they're, they're, Up to this point, everything's fucking brilliant. But the creature design of this human-xenomorph hybrid, it's just bad. Yeah. It just looks fucking weird and lumpy and just with bitch tits. Yep. For whatever reason. So it, it, it gets born, it sees the mother, and for some reason actually kills its mother. The queen. As after it's been born, it kills the queen. For reasons. That's all. We don't get Brad Dora fucking basically being like, oh, it had to kill its mother because that's its breed or nothing. We get no explanation whatsoever well, other no, than... You, yeah, you see the you see him like, no! Yeah. Like, why are you killing this? Because my thought is, it's like, bitch, you're not my mom. Right. You're not my mom's. Because then it goes over to Ripley. Yes, and it treats it like it's, and it's, it's like, her mother. Oh, okay, Ripley's my mom. Yes, which makes no sense. Uh, not really. No. Um, but then you... See Brad Dorf is he's you're <laughs> beautiful, baby. And I, the only rationale I can think of why the alien killed him is because he was being annoying shut as fuck, up. and he wanted him to shut the fuck up. That's it, because <laughs> the alien hears him and then goes over to him and just just fucking kills him because he won't shut head. the fuck up. And then during uh, the alien human hybrid killing Brad Dorf's character, this is where Ripley so runs away. Runs away, ends up getting back on the ship. Ren is at this point holding everybody at gunpoint, telling them, we're not blowing up the ship. We need to stop this from fucking happening. We're not crashing the ship. None of this is fucking happening. We need to figure something out to where this, all this research and all these beautiful creatures don't go away. And in, uh, in the process of them trying to figure out a way to get off the, uh, the uh, we did. Aruga, we, we, we skipped the scene where they come across uh, one of the hosts. Because he's uh, like tucked away in like a corridor type thing. And then they stumble upon him. He's freaking out. It's like, what the fuck are you? And like we mentioned a few times earlier. And the scientist sees him. And we see the scientist, uh, Dr. Ren's character, like looking at him. Like he knows, Dr. Ren knows what the fuck's going on. Well, I mean, they all know right away. Because Ripley's like, he's got one inside him. Right. Um, And And he's like, I've got what inside me? And he's freaking out. And they're all under the... uh, 
I guess, uh, understanding that this guy's going to go eventually. Well, no, no, their thought is we're going to get him to the Betty, we're going to get him in cryo, and they can remove it before it kills him. Well, I thought they were all under the understanding that they, if he started but going, if they he were going to Yeah, if he started... Because they're trying to pry open the one door, and he starts like... And they're yeah. like... Well, that was that was the deal. Like, if, if they make it to the Betty, they're going to put him in cryo to... Um, try to get it out of him. Try to get it out of him. And they even say, okay, it's time for you to go to cryo. Mm. And that's when Ren shows back up holding call at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, right when all this is going down, Ripley comes up on the ship. And right before Ripley enters the ship, you see Ren, or uh, uh, what's his name? Purvis. That's the character's name, by the way. I didn't mean to mention that. His name is Purvis. Purvis. Mm-hmm. An already sexually charged franchise with the xenomorph with like a penis coming out of its mouth. One of your character's name is Purvis. Um, So Purvis is uh, like basically he's he's having chest pains and everything's starting to fucking like tighten and constrict. You see like blood pulling on his chest and shit. And he starts freaking out and this is where... Well, he gets shot. Yeah, because he's he's stumbling towards Ren. He gets shot first. Does he get shot first? He gets shot first. I thought he he stumbles down. And a gun pointed to her head. Ren does. Okay, um, Ren shoots him. Shoots Purvis. Like, in the shoulder. And he's, like, laying there, like, holding the wound, going, Mm. like, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And then he starts fucking... Convulsing and all that. Convulsing and, like, the alien's like, okay, well, if you're gonna die, I'm just gonna come out Mm. now. Uh, and as he's, as the alien's about to come out, he's stumbling towards Ren and all that. And this takes a fucking while to happen. Mm-hmm. Any other time we've seen an alien burst out of a chest, it takes seconds. Well. The first time we see it, it takes 15 seconds for it to come out. Yeah. From whenever he starts throwing up the food, the, the character in the first one, John Hart's character, throwing, throwing up the food, and the, just the initial poof of the chest, and then him collapsing on the table and the thing popping out of his chest. It takes about 15 to 20 seconds. And this, it's him realizing that shit's going down at this moment, standing up, stumbling towards Ren, then pushing Ren down on the, onto the his knees, out of him. and then putting Ren's head in front of his chest area, and then as the burster comes through uh, Purvis's chest, also goes through Ren's head. It's a cool scene, it just takes a while to fucking get there. Well, I mean, the, the last alien that we saw being born mm. was... Ripley's in three, and that took a while, too. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So, Um, so yeah, after that, Ren dies, and then Ripley ends up getting on the ship. They shoot the shit out of the... The, yeah, the... The chest and forehead. The juvenile, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, So, as Ripley gets on the ship, she closes up everything. It looks like they're about ready to be home scot-free. And they're all like, hey, Ripley! Yeah, because Ripley knows how to... Kind of knows how to fly the ship, at least better than Reese. She said, like... Like, you know how to fly this thing? And she just laughs and goes, are you kidding? It's older than I am. <laughs> I think that's just her being coy. I think well, she does yeah. know how to fly the ship. Because the moment she takes control, Reese is like, oh, clearly you well, know no, what the fuck that's, you're doing. That's not her being coy. That's saying, yeah, I fucking know how to fly it, you dumb bitch. Don't, <laughs> don't fucking question me. Like, this, this shit's older than I am. It's a piece of garbage <laughs> ship, and I can fucking fly it. Uh, so, and then as they're about ready to take off, they then get a warning that the bay door that Ripley just came through is still open. And... She says, I shut it. Call goes back there and to check it out. And then you find out that it's a problem that's happened because it's yeah, fucking it's, broken. Yeah, they've always had this we issue. We fucking told you to fix it. 
And Reese is like, I did, I did, that type bullshit. Like, uh, from Firefly. It's the primary buffer panel. <laughs> is that the primary bu buffer panel? Just fly off my ship? <laughs> right. My ship don't crash. <laughs> if it crashes, you crashed it. Um, so yeah, Call goes back to check it out, and then comes across the xenomorph alien human hybrid thing. That stares at her and is like, I got it. Yes. <laughs> Closes Pulls it down. For whatever... There are a lot of liberties in this movie where things happen for reasons. Yep. None of those reasons are explained or there's no like justification. Any of that it just happens. And then we move on and go on to the next scene. Because at this point, a uh, call runs away and goes into like some sort of like conveyor belt corridor thing where she's far enough away from... It can't reach her. ...the uh, xenomorph-human hybrid. And it's trying to get to her, and then this is where, uh, what, what's his name, Raymond Cruz's character, the one, the excited uh, Marine, comes in and is checking things out, because Call hasn't come back, and they're wondering where she is, so he well, goes back there to there's check There's a scene, out. I don't know what that was. Look up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, there's, like, as it's trying to reach for Call mm -hmm. and stuff, like, there's a scene where it's like, <laughs> yes, it's like, crying looks, shit, yeah. looks at, like, her with like human puppy doll guys and you see kind of like the the well it's part human like kind of cross mm -hmm. calls mine mm -hmm. and then it freaks out again and, ah! and she's like never mind I don't want <laughs> yes and so the excited marine comes back checking things out and then comes across the hybrid and the hybrid just basically pops his head like a zit Yep. <laughs> That's it. And then it's covered in blood. It's like ooh <laughs> pretty red. And then this is where we get Ripley sensing that something's going on. She senses the alien uh, on the ship. And she goes back and she sees Call. I think Call's still pinned up in that conveyor belt corridor thing. And she sees the xenomorph trying to get to her, the hybrid trying to get to her. And then this is where we have this like weird, I get it, the rationale of why the character Ripley did this whole like rubbing, uh, let me like mother. hold you, mother type thing. I get the rationale for the character. It's just weird looking. Yeah. Because she's rubbing all over it, and it's got it's all glistening with, like, alien drool or whatever, uh, placenta, amniotic fluid bullshit that's going on, because it was just born, like, seconds ago. So she's rubbing all over it, and then she gets the idea of, she's like, oh, I've got acid for blood. If I just uh, damage this window a bit, we'll have a nice size and opening she, open up. She... Puts her hand in its mouth, mouth and cuts and her hand. Cuts her hand with its teeth, and yeah, and basically and throws the blood, the blood uh, on the window. It opens up a small uh, window, and then bam, sucks the uh, xenomorph hybrid uh, against the window, and the through it, through it like a straw, incredibly slowly. Yes, uh, it's very much like if you would suck a creature of any sort through a straw because it's uh, being sucked out by the well, pressure it, of space and all that. At first, it just like... It fights it, and it screams like a child, too. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's a hard scene to watch. But, like, just a little itty-bitty bit of it comes mm -hmm. out into space, and then it, like, manages to pull its way back mm -hmm. away from the window. But the power is too great. But the power is too great, and it <laughs> ends up fucking... Getting back sucked against all it, and as soon as it gets back against it, it just like pops. Yep, uh, and it starts and slowly sucking, getting sucked out, sucking everything out. Which I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but like the stomach skin went first. Yeah, and then like all of its intestines fell out onto the floor. Yeah, I don't understand. And it. then got sucked back up into its body <laughs> and out the window. Whatever. It's a but interesting it's, scene to watch. It's but screaming it's, the entire time, yeah, like, like a child. No, no! 
Ah. Imagine a child, and you you have the xenomorph who's making like regular xenomorph sounds and like almost almost childlike, but then it starts screaming like if a child was being sucked through space, through a pinhole through space, it screams like a child would. Just bloody fucking murder, which just makes it fucking ten times worse. Like, I didn't care about the xenomorph, but when it starts screaming, I'm like, somebody help it! Help it! Help it! <laughs> it just wants to live! <laughs> um, and then that's, uh, we get the xenomorph being sucked through space. You get everything peeled off Except for the skull, and the skull's the last thing yes. to go. Yes. And as soon as the skull goes, then the hole goes from, like, pinhole to basketball. Yes. And bursts through, and then uh, right as that happens, uh, doesn't, like, a shield come down across? And, like, no, there's no shield or anything. Then what makes them stop? Or, no, they enter, they Earth's, enter Earth's atmosphere. Earth's atmosphere, that's right, that's right. Uh, that's what makes uh, space, I guess, viable at this point. Because they're, they're in the stratosphere of Earth as they're descending towards Earth. And this is where we get Ripley and Call, and the last line is like, uh, like, well, they're holding on to each other to like make sure they don't get sucked out. Mm -hmm. His atmosphere is venting, and then fire replaces the atmosphere venting. Yes, like yeah. fire comes in. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that, you, yeah. get, you get it. You do get a terrible line to end the fucking yeah, yeah. movie with, uh, where calls like, "What do you want? What are what you going to do? do now?" Yeah. I don't know. I'm a stranger here myself. Which my and other then it cuts my back. other fucking problem is like you watch, um, the what is it the the ship's name? Aruga. The Aruga. Mm. You watch the Aruga explode. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping they told in, somebody. In like. Uh, Nuclear factory. Yeah, you can see it from fucking space. Like multiple megaton. If if nuclear. it wasn't like Death Valley, people died. Oh, there's the, that's that's supposing that two hundred years beyond Alien Three, <laughs> that humans still live on Earth. That's true. Yes, I think the year is like what is the year? Twenty three seventy nine. So we have space travel. Space travel at a point where you can leisurely roll through space. So more than likely, there aren't many people left on Earth. Right, or because we're a cancer, we just have mm. produced enough people to go and live on other planets, right, too. Right, right. Um, but anyway. But, yeah. Regardless, that... like, you see, like, a pristine, beautiful um, world. Yeah. But how? Like, they just fucking set off a bomb big enough to see from space. <laughs> and they weren't, like... Like, I don't think that they were on the other side of the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't Like, sure. they didn't fly around the globe and <laughs> come in from the backside. Right. Like, they... I would imagine that they flew in because they they exited... Or they exited in the Betty... Yeah. Like, just before... It, it entered they Earth. Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. So they wouldn't have had time to fucking fly around... But anyway... But yeah, you get the I'm a stranger here myself and then credits roll. Yeah. And and that's the movie. I'm not going to say that it's the most disappointing because it's not. No. 3 is the most disappointing. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to fucking fight you. I know. There's no way. No way Prometheus is worse than 3. There's absolutely no way. You may fucking tout it up in your, your fucking stupid little head, but there's no way 3 is not or is not the worst one out of all of them. There's no fucking way. You may dislike it, and that's fine. But there's no way three is worse than Prometheus. Or I three agree with is you. worse <laughs> than Prometheus. 
just because you talk louder doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> I'm just saying, even if I'm talking louder, you know my reasoning is right. There's no way it is worse than three. Mm. <laughs> we'll watch it, and I'm, I almost bet you haven't seen it in quite a while. Um, since we went and watched it in the theater. <laughs> okay. And we walked out. <laughs> so and it's I, been years. And I turned to look at you and said, wow, that was fucking garbage. One of your friends had asked us, while we were, he was working at the theater, he had asked us what we thought of the movie. And we had an argument back and forth in front of this guy. How I enjoyed it and you didn't. Yeah, yeah. So it, this, the, the next movie we'll be talking about is Prometheus. Right. So all the thing we've been talking about, you haven't seen it in years. I think you're just... Uh, propping it up in your head is worse than three when it's not. No, I can, I can, I can concede some issues about certain things within the movie, but there's no way in hell it's as bad as three, or even worse than three. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to it. Mm. We'll get to it. Uh, we got a few days before we watch it, but we'll get to it. But I honestly, uh, I would say that this is probably one of the better ones. Like it's on the, it's, it's on the better. If you remove the, it's prequels, on the better side of half. If you remove the prequels, it's two, Resurrection, one, and three for me. Are you, no, I would say one before Resurrection. So it would be two, one, two, resurrection, one resurrection, then three. three. If you remove all the other ones out of the equation. Well, I'm, I'm including the other ones in the mm. equation, so I'm saying that it's better than, than half mm. of the other movies. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all, it also holds a special place in my heart because it was Joss Whedon's inspiration to... Um, take what he learned writing this movie and write about a crew of ragtag mm -hmm. people in space mm -hmm. um, that's called Firefly. Yeah. And so, like, the, because because this influences Firefly, uh, like, it, it automatically gets a pass. Not, if, a, if not, you, a, not a, like, there's no problems with the movie, but, like, right, right. despite its problems, it's still Just good enough. Just Sweet and being It's still it. good enough to, to warrant watching because mm -hmm. it also spawned Firefly Fire and Serenity. Which, if you... I don't know if you ever noticed this, but if you uh, see in one of the uh, close-up shots of the turret gun in the opening scene from Firefly, uh, across the top edge of, like, the viewfinder, it says Wayland yutani across the edge. Does it? Yep. I never I yeah. never noticed that. Yep. I, I found that fact out, like, years ago. I was like, that's interesting as fuck, that it has Wayland yutani so presumably it's in the same universe. But it's also in the same universe as Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you've ever watched that series or not. No. I think you've watched a few episodes. With yes, me. I've watched a couple episodes. Because I'll, I'll binge them every so often. Um, but in one of the shots early on in the series, uh, uh, what the, uh, fuck, Mary McDonald's character, I can't remember her uh, name in the show, but she's talking to a doctor and it cuts to like an angle of uh, her sitting down and it's up through a glass ceiling, or you see a glass ceiling up behind her, and just ships coming in and out of port, and one of the ships is the Serenity. So, it, they're all interchangeable. <laughs> I think it's just one character well, it's, tagging another it's one. Yeah, it's probably just the, uh, the like, <laughs> I bet nerds will really like this <laughs> yeah, if yeah. this happens. But then, like, once once we get into like Firefly and Serenity, mm -hmm. like we got to talk about the Whedon verse and how everything, basically everything he's done is connected. Mm -hmm. And we'll get there eventually. Well, I, I'm debating on what we should do when it comes to TV series because that's a lot of fucking TV. Because he's done yeah. Buffy, uh, Angel, Firefly. We don't necessarily need to watch all of... I was thinking of watching fan favorites, like the highest rated ones that people enjoyed the yeah, most. Yeah, like three episodes mm. of Buffy or mm. Angel or... We'll get there eventually, but... Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's the movie. I enjoyed it 
somewhat. I'd say about 50-50. Half of it I enjoy. The other half is just like... There's, the there's, creature design on the hybrid is just fucking bad. Even yeah. at one point, you see the thing looking at Ripley, and the well, little the, nub for its nose starts twitching. Moving. I'm like, what the fuck is that? The, uh, the, yeah, the creature design for that is bad. The creature design for the giant clamshell alien queen Yeah, the one with the womb, is yeah. Is bad. Yeah. The egg design in is yeah it's a bit off is worse they're a bit smaller it's been in the other movies mm-hmm. i don't now know what, about it. what exactly they changed but they changed they seem a bit smaller that and not as like gray they're more green than anything yeah and there, there was a lot of green undertones like even whenever mm-hmm. you first see the queen like basically her entire hood and like accents around her mouth got like a greenish green. tint Hmm. to it like a dark green i wonder why they made that decision i don't know but anyway yeah we we enjoyed it for the most part um but uh that's pretty much it for this episode um just make sure you like comment subscribe do all the normal things you would there is never uh there's never there's not anything we're not on yep um we're on stitcher we're on google podcasts like the top three is like apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and then stitcher we're on all three of those, along with a bunch of others, like Anchor and uh, Overcast, Breaker, um, uh, Radio Cast, I think is what it's called. Um, we're Spotify? On Spotify. We're on fucking everything. Um, all you have to do is go to nerdinian.com. That's N-E-R-D-I-N-I-O-N.com. Or just follow me on Instagram. You just, the link is right there at that wanker. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Yeah, that's all I got. I've been Ryan Downing. I'm Greg Vance. Have a wonderful week. Cheers.